thank you so much, Maple Grove, for your partnership and your prayers over the years as my family and I have served in missionary work in Thailand. And then also right now we've been serving at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So as, as Rick shared, uh, I came here to Bloomington in 1998, and I worked at Indiana University here with the Navigators Ministry. And my second year here, Rick and Raina were my host family. So I came as a 23-year-old youngster and stayed with them. And Raina adopted me as, as a mom and loved me in, in all of my immaturity as a young minister and missionary. Rick uh, was my adopted dad, and he taught me about humility in basketball as <laughs> we would play together, and uh, I would run circles and, and try to pester him, but he would just you know sink shot after shot and, and keep me humble as a youngster. So I do, have some, I do have some slides this morning, so there we go. So I'm gonna, I'd like to speak with you today about sovereignty and seeking, movements of the Holy Spirit in, the, in Joel and Jeremiah. Now, you can see in the next slide, you can see a little picture of, this was me back as a youngster here at, at IU. I'm up in that top right corner. Some of you may even recognize that place. I believe it's somewhere downtown Bloomington. So after I left here in the year 2000, I went to, to Mongolia. Next slide. For about two years, got to serve over there. It was really a neat place. Still, still nomads and Bedouins there and get, getting to be a part of a, a new work of God there. Uh, I, I came back to the United States to get married. In the next slide, you can see my lovely wife, Kristen, and my daughters, Trinia and Joya, who are now 16 and 13. God has an amazing sense of humor because I was always the kid who, if I was watching TV and say something like The Sound of Music was on, you know, if it was like guns and Nazis, you know, fighting Nazis and things like that, I was all into it. But as soon as they started singing, I'm like out of the room, I'm gone. Uh, so now I'm, I'm a worship leader and I'm a girl dad. And all three of my girls love musical theater. And I, we even have three female guinea pigs, so I'm just totally outnumbered. So I've learned to appreciate musicals a little more, possibly. So we are now, uh, we, we, I spent some time in Florida where my wife is from. I, I finished up at Asbury Theological Seminary back in uh, 2018. People used to say, where is that? And now people say, will you please pray for me? And lay hand? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, we, are, we, have, we are now serving at the University of Wisconsin-Madison in the next couple slides. You can just see a couple pictures. Oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's Thailand. Next slide. Okay, here we are. Here, UW-Madison is where we're currently serving. The Lord brought us back from the mission field overseas. And we started realizing uh, during my, my seminary studies in a kind of a transition, transitional period as we were waiting on the Lord, God, where are you guiding us next? And we started to hear about how the nations have come to us. And I, I saw this at IU. I saw this in my bachelor's studies in Wisconsin. And you guys are probably seeing it around town here, that there are people from many, many different nations here in Bloomington. In Madison, where we are, it's very similar to here. There are over 120 different nations represented at, at the university at which we, we do missionary work. And the amazing thing is a lot of these folks, so many thousands of these folks, tens of thousands of these folks, are from countries that you cannot go as a missionary. Countries where 
there is persecution where, where it would be amazingly difficult to even go there. And they're coming here in droves, and they are the best and the brightest. So the folks we work with are bachelors, masters, PhD students. Some of them are even have their PhDs and are professors that have come to research. Many of them are visiting scholars, as we call them. So it's just they're the best and the brightest, and they're going to go back and make an impact in their nations. So we feel like God has, has really brought us into a strategic ministry. And, and you all have the same opportunity here in Bloomington. So it's, it's really amazing. You probably have heard, uh, in the next slide, you probably, have, you probably have heard about some of the things going on around the world today. Now, we've been in a, a couple dark years. Uh, if we're honest with ourselves, the pandemic, all of the social unrest, the political divides in our country, the social divides, we're in a very dark time in a lot of ways. But I've been very encouraged just to, to hear about how God is pouring out His Spirit around our country right now and around the world. Now, at first, I must admit, I was a little bit skeptical. Like, what is, what is this all about, you know? Is this for real kind of thing? And I was, I was sort of looking into it. And, you know, Jesus says a tree is known by its fruit. He says wisdom is proved right by her children, by her actions. And if we look at what's going on, there, there are people coming to Christ. There are people, there are people uh, confessing sin. There are people you know, giving testimonies of what God is doing in their lives. There are people reading scriptures and worshiping, and, and it's spread to many different campuses, even, even secular campuses. And so I don't know what you think about all of this, and I'm not going to tell you what to think, but it seems like the fruit of this is pointing people to Christ. So it's been encouraging to me, and I'd like to speak with you today about what, what is God doing in his sovereignty? What has he promised to do with regards to the pouring out of his Holy Spirit? in our world today on all people. And then what is our role in that? And so that's the seeking part. So we're going to look at a scripture here in Acts chapter 2. And, and I thought I told you that we were going to be looking at Joel. And, and we actually are because Peter actually quotes from Joel chapter 2 in his sermon at Pentecost. As you know, the context is, is there are about 120 Christians at the upper room in Jerusalem. They're waiting on the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised them. And we're going to look at the scripture, Acts 2, 14 through 21, and, and see what happens here. So if you could either open your Bibles or follow along on the screen. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. This is after the Spirit had, God had sent the Spirit from heaven. He addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, open our hearts this morning and speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. So let's take a look at some of these scriptures. If you go on to the next slide, let's just take a look at a few of these. So we learn from the text that every single one of these believers, these 120 new young Christians, received the Holy Spirit, it tells us. Young and old, men and women, 
There were, it was like a rushing wind, like tongues of fire that came on each of them. And right after this, Peter, who, remember, just had denied Christ before a little slave girl in his, in his trying to be brave in his flesh, now suddenly Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. He stands up in front of a crowd of people in a hostile area who had just, where they had just killed his Lord. So suddenly filled with the Holy Spirit, he's got a new boldness, and he stands up. And he, he preaches this message that we get a summary of. So if I, if I have to confess, there are times where, there are times where I'm often like Peter. I, I, I try to operate in the strength of my flesh, and maybe some of you are like that as well. We, we sometimes try to do it on a, in our own abilities, in our own gifting, our own strength. But we see the difference in, that the Holy Spirit makes in Peter and his boldness. And so today, that's part of our focus, is just looking at how much the Holy Spirit makes a difference in our lives. In, in, in verse 15, he says, he's saying, you know, the people are, have been accused of being drunk. Not that we should be accused of being drunk as Christians, but there clearly should be something in us that people see an outside influence in our lives. There's something special about Christians who are operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. If, worldly, if we make complete sense to the worldly people around us, maybe there's something, something out of whack with our, our being filled with the Spirit. The Spirit should make us different, should make us sort of be under an outside influence of God. The next verse, uh, in verse 17, Peter says, he quotes this prophecy from Joel chapter 2. He, said, he talks about it being the last days. Now, Jesus warned us that no one would know the day or the hour. So if anyone ever tells you they figured out exactly when Christ will return, you know that that's not true. And so I'm not trying to tell you anything like that this morning. But we know that 2,000 years ago when Peter preached this message, he considered it already the last days. So I would say that today we're, we're definitely in the last days according to, to God and the scriptures. So God says, in these last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people, on all flesh. So this is a sovereign promise of God. This is not something that we can earn. It's not something we deserve. This is God's sovereign promise and his generosity and grace and his love. So I think sometimes when, when we've been through such dark times and something like revival breaks out, sometimes my, my natural inclination is to be a little skeptical, right? But God, I was convicted that God actually has promised that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh and all people in the last days. So actually, I'm convicted. I should have expected, we should have expected revival a little more than maybe I did or maybe you did. It's very easy to get discouraged in today's world, isn't it? We look at the news and it seems like one piece of bad news after another. Oh, we have little faith. That's what I often hear Jesus saying to me. And if we're honest, often instead of being Trinitarians, often we, I think we, we kind of fall into the binitarian uh, viewpoint. You know, the Holy Spirit spoken of in Scripture is sort of this mysterious Spirit of God. He's compared with a rushing wind, a consuming fire, tongues of fire, a dove, living water. The Holy Spirit is just a little bit mysterious. I, I confess at times I, I'm a little wary of the Holy Spirit, like, wow, God, I don't quite understand this part of you. I, you know, so it's, the Holy Spirit is something we sort of maybe shy away from as Christians at times. Maybe we focus on the Father and the Son, and we just sort of, you know, the Holy Spirit is that, that part of God that we don't quite understand. Now, I do feel like God is pouring out his spirit on people today, though. And, and at, one of my purposes today is to, to, 
to share the word of, of God with you, but also to to give you a little update on some of the things that God is doing in in, in our ministry and the mission work that you you guys are a part of through your prayers and support. Uh, so there's a a friend of mine in Madison. Um, the next slide is just going to show you uh, some of the students we work with and scholars. Now you, you may notice in some of my pictures, people's faces are blanked out. A lot of a lot of the folks we work with are from nations where there is persecution. So I'm not going to say names. I'm going to keep things a little vague for to protect those that we work with. So one of the one of the folks uh, that we are friends with in Madison that I'm kind of mentoring, he uh, he's someone who I really I really sense God pouring out his spirit on this on this person. So in his country, he had this this dream one night that that he was in in a hotel room, he was sleeping, a knock came at the door, and he got up, answered the door, and it was it was someone in white who gave him a, a, a small book. And the title of the book was A Message from the Sky. And so he, you know, he woke up, he remembered this dream, and several months later he was in another country getting a visa to come to Madison, to come to the United States, actually. And he was sleeping in a hotel room, a knock came at the door, and it was not a person in white, but it was a hotel worker who handed him a little booklet and said, there was someone from your country who came and stayed here and gave me these booklets and said, if someone from this country ever comes to this hotel, please give one of these to them. And uh, he, he was sleepy, he was tired, and he you know, had been woken up from a sleep, and so he set it down and went back to sleep and, and kind of forgot about it. Later on, he looked at the booklet, and it was a message from the sky. It was, that was the literal translation in his language. It was, it was a gospel of John in his language. And through this and through several other dreams and visions, uh, this person came to Christ and is now one of the folks that we get to invest in and mentor in Madison. So just an amazing example of where it talks about God giving dreams and visions to people. This, to me, is a great example of, of something that God is doing through his Holy Spirit. Um, if we go on to the next slide. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If we could stay on verse. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 18. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, verse 18 would be great. So God here promises to pour out his spirit in, in these last days, and, and people are going to prophesy. Now, if you're like me, you're a little bit wary of prophecy, right? We're, we're a little bit, we, we, we acknowledge the prophets in the Bible, but we're a little bit wary of modern-day prophecies, and rightly so. Uh, we, because I think a lot of times we think of prophecy as foretelling, like telling the future, almost like a psychic or something, or like some of the prophecies we see in the Old Testament. But we, we need to remember that when God says, He's pouring out his spirit, and prophecy is part of that. We need to remember that prophecy, according to the Bible, has a broader definition than what we sometimes think of it. Uh, in Revelation 19, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if you've ever shared Christ with someone and felt filled with the Holy Spirit or felt like the Spirit was speaking through you, perhaps in God's sight, that was prophecy. Uh, it also says in 1 Corinthians 14, the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification, exhortation, and consolation or comfort. So if you've ever spoken to someone to comfort them with the words of Christ or with a scripture or through your faith, maybe you were prophesying in God's sight. Um, there, there are other definitions in 1 Corinthians 14. Some of them have to do with giving people the secrets of their heart. Maybe you tell someone, you can tell someone is not happy, is not at peace. You share Christ with them and maybe that's prophecy in God's sight. At any rate, Paul says, I he says, brothers and sisters, earnestly desire to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things must be done properly and in an orderly way. 
1 Corinthians 14. So, so we need maybe maybe prophecy is a little less mysterious than what we what we sometimes thought. Now, in the in the next slide, you'll see a, a picture of some folks, uh, some of the folks we work with. Uh, again, their faces are covered to protect their identities. If you could go on to the next couple slides, this was a a trip we took recently and and did some fun winter stuff. You're, you're going to notice in Wisconsin we do a lot of outdoor things with people. You're going to see a lot of uh, ski pictures, skate pictures, things like that. In the summer, we take people hiking. We reach out through different social activities and so forth. We just come out of a season of a lot of cross-country and downhill skiing and stuff because a lot of people want to uh, have free lessons from us on that, and, and it's a great outreach. So at any rate, some of these folks that we get to work with, uh, I've recently seen God just pouring out his spirit on them. Uh, we were recently in a Bible study with some folks, and and we had this whole Bible study plan. We got all these discussion questions and things, and and instead of getting into what we had planned, they just started asking these these tough questions. And these are folks from another a background in another religion, and so they started asking these tough questions about the Trinity and all sorts of things. And 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 we just started answering questions and doing our best. And to be honest, it can get a little tense. It can get a little, you know, a little. You could feel almost the spiritual warfare going on in the room at the time. And uh, eventually, you know, we showed that we kept showing them, hey, we love you. We, it doesn't matter if we, if you are from a different religious background, we love you. And this is what we want to share with you in love. And eventually they said, you know, we finally understand now what Christians believe. And so we're just, we're, they're seeing the love of Christ in, in the believers that they're meeting and in our team. So it's really neat to see God pouring out his spirit on them. Uh, we could go on to the next next slide. Uh, so yeah, this is this is a, a group, one of our groups, and uh, yeah, it's just such an honor and privilege to get to work with some of these folks. Uh, if we could go to the next slide, please. Okay, finally, God ends this section about pouring out His Spirit by saying, "Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." So what this what this tells us is that. God's purpose, I think, in, in all of this spirit outpouring is not just for us to get a liver shiver or great, have this great joy and peace as Christians. That's part of it. But, but it's, it's so that salvation can come to all nations, so that God desires everyone to be saved, the Bible says. So this is his purpose in this outpouring of his Holy Spirit, that people will call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and they will be saved. This is God's vision in it. Um, now, as we've worked in Madison and we've served, we've seen God just drawing people. And I think at a, when I was younger, again, I was kind of like Peter relying more on the flesh and trying to just work my way to help people come to Christ. But the, the older I get, the more I see that God's Spirit is so, so essential in, in anybody coming to Christ. Um, we've, we've been blessed to see over a dozen people come to Christ just in the like three and a half years we've been in Madison. We're so thankful. Um, it, it's not a huge revival, but we're just seeing God at work in people's lives, and we're seeing God drawing people, giving people a hunger. And and to be honest, we as Americans often we're we're a little timid to share our faith because a lot of times Americans will say, "Oh, don't don't share that with me. I know it already. I'm an ex-Catholic. I'm an ex-Lutheran. Whatever." They're they're jaded. They're they're burnt maybe by the church. But a lot of the international folks that come, they maybe have no background. They've never heard the gospel before. They they don't, they don't know this, the first thing about Christianity or the Bible. And so we're finding just a, a tremendous openness in them. Um, and I believe this is part of what God is pouring out his spirit on drawing people. So 
I would just encourage you this morning, uh, the Great Commission uh, in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. This is something all of us can be involved in, even here in Bloomington at near IU. So as God pours out his spirit, this is his sovereign promise, right, in, in the prophet Joel. But there's also a response that we have. So today we're talking about God's sovereignty, but also our response. So what is our response to God promising to pour out his spirit on all people? Now, in Scripture, there are a lot of these apparent paradoxes that sort of balance out. Jesus is both God and man, right? And somehow that balances. He's both. Uh, we, are, we are sinners, but we're also saints. Somehow there's that, that truth balances out. It's not a paradox in God's sight. God, God rules. He's sovereign. He's on the throne. But Satan is called the God of this age. How can that be? You know, there's this, this tension going on there. Uh, we're sanctified already, but not yet. You know, we're sanctified once for all by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but we are being sanctified. So there's a lot of these apparent paradoxes and balancing acts in Scripture where God says it's not either or, it's kind of both and. Now, when it comes to God pouring out His Spirit on us, I believe it's, it's very similar. There's a balancing act of God's sovereign promise of pouring out the Spirit on all people, but yet He says, you need to seek me with all your heart. If you do that, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And this is the scripture we're going to take a look at just briefly next in Jeremiah 29. Now, you've often heard this verse or seen this verse in Christian bookstores or gift shops, right? I know the plans I have for you. It's, it's a great verse. I love this verse. But we often take it out of context, if we're honest. Um, look at what it says here. When, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon... I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Okay, if we could go on to the next, next slide, please. So this is the context. There, there were three times where Jerusalem was captured and, and deportations happened, where people were captured and taken as prisoners to Babylon. It happened in 605 B.C. where the prophet Daniel goes. It happened in 597 B.C. where the prophet Ezekiel gets taken and others, many others. And then again in 587 or 586 B.C., where Jeremiah is captured, but then eventually set free. So there are these waves of, of people being captured and taken back to Babylon. So when God says, I know the plans I have for you, sometimes we think, oh, God, how can you say that? You don't know the dark times I've been through. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my sin. But these people, these people have been through dark times. They've been through, they, they were turning away from the Lord, he has punished them. And then he's disciplining them in love. And they are, they are people, they are not people who are just walking into a, a Christian bookstore looking for a cute expression on a poster or a mug. These are people that were slaves, that were, many of them were killed. They were exiles, victims of violence, rape, pillaging. They were indentured servants or refugees at best and prisoners at worst. And so here God is saying, hey, I know the plans I have for you. So that's the context of this. So 
Sometimes when we think, man, this world is so dark, how can, how can I trust God? These people were dealing with similar things. God knows the plans he have, has for us. Um, if we could go to, the, go to verse, verse 11 there real quick. Uh, so God says, he says, I'm not, my plans are not to harm you. You know, they've just been through really tough times. We've just been through a really tough couple of years. Um, but God knows the plans that he has for us, which includes the pouring out of his spirit. Now, think about Daniel. Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These are the kinds of people that were serving basically as kind of like slaves or indentured servants. Think about the things they had been through. Think about going through the lion's den and the fiery furnace. These are, these are the kind of things where God says, I know the plans I have for you. And these are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. So this is the context of God pouring out his spirit on them and on us. Uh, let's, if we could skip down to verse 13. Um, this, is the, this is the part that I like to focus on. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Now, this is the kind of the other side of the balancing act of God promising to pour out his spirit. But here's the other side of it. What's our role in it? Well, God says we need to seek him with all of our hearts. And if we do that, we will be found by him. So there's that balancing act of God's sovereign spirit outpouring in our seeking. Now, what about you and I? If I'm honest with myself, there are times where I really seek God with all my heart, and there are times where I just kind of go through the motions. You know, I I know I'm supposed to do my daily quiet time, my devotional time, right? So I read the Bible, I pray. And there are times where I'm just looking for knowledge, or I'm just looking to get filled up so I can make it through the day. And then there are times where I'm really seeking God with all my heart. So my question for you this morning is, is where are you at in that? Are you seeking the Lord with all your heart? Or are we just kind of going going through the Christian motions? And to be honest, in our world today, it's so difficult, isn't it? We have so many things that are vying for our attention. You know, when I wanted to watch a movie as a a teenager, I had to ride my bike down to the, the video rental store and look for a video, ride home, you know, pop it in the player and all that. Now we can just, everybody can stream it on their phone instantly. You can do it in the car. So everything's so instant. Everything is so screaming for your attention. Everything is so entertainment-based, our culture, right? It's hard to compete. It's hard for God's spirit and his word and silence and solitude for that still small voice to compete with the constant barrage of social media and entertainment and everything. It's tough. But God is pouring out his spirit on all of us, on all flesh, he says. Um, Sometimes we resist, though. We can resist the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can fight back. Stephen, when he was martyred, he accused the Jews of of doing that. So that's what my challenge to us today is to seek God with all of our hearts. Now, uh, in the next slide, uh, you'll see uh, uh, a friend of mine, you know, some of us, some of us, as we seek God, we we don't have that high of a cost. Maybe you know, maybe we'll get made fun of by some friends, maybe some family. But a lot of the folks we're working with come from places where, if they seek the Lord, there's a high cost involved. So, to me, it just encourages me that there's so much cost to some that for me the cost is much lower, and I can seek God with all my heart. 
Um, go on, let's go on to the next, next slide here. So God, whenever he, whenever he brings judgment, whenever he brings discipline, there is always grace, there's always restoration, there's always that heart of God in love. So this morning, I just want to encourage, encourage you to, one, expect God to pour out his spirit on people, on you, on those you're sharing with. If I'm honest, so many times I share the gospel with people and I kind of doubt if, is this person going to really be interested? Is this person going to come to Christ? Is God really going to confirm his word to this person? Often I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that. Um, so my challenge today is, is God has promised he's going to pour out his spirit. So be looking for it. Expect it in faith. Look for that. And, and to do our part in, in seeking him with all of our hearts. I believe as we do that, we're going to see that God, as his spirit gets poured out on us, he's going to give us power like Acts 1.8 says, to be his witnesses and where we're at and nearby and to the ends of the earth. Uh, when the disciples get filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 4, they speak the word of God with boldness. Uh, the Holy Spirit brings holiness in our lives and sanctification. The Holy Spirit brings the fruit of the Spirit, as, as Galatians 5.22 and 23 says. And as, as we are filled with the Spirit, I believe that God will use us in people's lives in the next slide, you'll see a picture of some folks that I recently got to know uh, from India. Amazing, amazing people, very smart, kind, wonderful people. They went, along, they went along with us on a ski trip to northern Wisconsin. We gave free ski lessons. And, and you know, I was on the ski racing team in high school, and I love downhill skiing. I love cross-country skiing. And I got to, you know, give lessons all day to these beginners and uh, at the very end of the day, I had a, I made a, get to make a few runs and actually do some fast runs, which I love. And later on, these folks asked us, like, why? Obviously, you know how to ski. Why would you spend your whole day until the very last hour teaching us how to ski? You know, helping us when we fall, brushing snow off boots, opening bindings, all that stuff. Why would you do that? And, and so we got to share, you know, it's because of of Jesus, that, that we are happy to do this and to serve you in that way and love you in that way. So God is, is bearing witness as we just as normal Christians, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, as we show love and kindness of Christ to people, as we share his word with people, people are going to ask us, what, why are you acting this way? Why are you doing this? Um, so as we share with people, uh, if you go to, go to the next slide, please. Uh, as we share with people, the vision for us is to see these folks go back to their nations and to be witnesses for Christ, be missionaries in their own lands. Uh, this young man is someone who I had the pleasure to, to be, know as a friend and get to mentor a little bit. Recently, recently he was praying and he was saying, Lord, what are, I'd like to be used by you. How could I be used by you today? And I texted him shortly after that and said, I said, Anil, our uh, our speaker, our person that was going to share a testimony at our Christmas outreach, just called you know called me and they were they're sick. They can't come. Will you share a testimony? And <laughs> he realized this was an answer to his prayer that God had just you know said, okay, this is what I want you to do today. So he got to come and share a testimony of his faith to a whole room full of about 230 different internationals at our Christmas outreach. So this this guy is from a place. Um, the next slide, you see a little map. The, the, the more red you see on this map, the more unreached people groups are in this, this location. 
So no, look, at, look at how red India is there. Each, each little red dot is an unreached people group. And that's where this guy is from. And it's like we get to mentor him. We get to share our faith and, and encourage him, help him grow in his faith. And someday he will go back and visit or he will go back and live there. And so that's kind of the vision of what we're doing at UW-Madison and what you guys can be a part of here at Indiana University. These folks are going to go back and be the, the leaders, the best and the brightest in their countries. And they're going to go to these places where there are so many unreached people who have never heard of Jesus or never heard the gospel, and we get to be a part of that. So thank you again so much for your partnership. Thank you for your prayers. If you'd like to learn more uh, about what we're doing, please come and speak with me afterwards. This is our, our website. You can take a look there. If you'd like to receive our prayer updates by email or by paper mail, we would love to, to uh, update you. We send them out every, about every two months. So thank you so much for letting me be here. And let me close, close this in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are pouring out your, your spirit on all flesh, Lord, that you are fulfilling your gracious promise in Joel chapter 2, the promise that Peter quoted at Pentecost, Lord, that you are pouring out your spirit on all people. So, Lord, we welcome that. We, we thank you for that promise. We thank you for your living water that we desperately need. Lord, help us to do our part and to seek you with all of our hearts. Lord, we cannot earn it. We cannot, Lord, force you to give us your spirit. But, Lord, you, you, you command us to seek you with all of our hearts, to keep on seeking you, and we will find. And so, Lord, give us, give us hearts to do that. Lord, we commit ourselves to you today, Lord. We ask for your spirit to make us witnesses to the nations around us here in Bloomington, in Madison, and around our country, on our university campuses, Lord. Lord, folks that are coming from nations that you, that you desire to have a gospel witness there. And Lord, they're less than 1% in many of these nations. So Lord, just use us mightily amongst these nations who are here on our campuses today. Lord, we, we commit ourselves to you. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.